Chapter Three, Part Two of A Chimney Corner by Harriet Beecher Stowe. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording by Michelle Fry in April 2020. Chapter Three, Part Two: A Family Talk on Reconstruction. My dear Mister Theophilus, said my wife i cannot imagine whither you are rambling or to what purpose you are getting up these horrible shadows you talk of the world as if there were no god in it overruling the selfishness of men and educating it up to order and justice i do not deny that there is a vast deal of truth in what you say nobody doubts it in general human nature is selfish callous unfeeling willing to engross all good to itself and to trample on the rights of others nevertheless thanks to god's teaching and fatherly care the world has worked along to the point of a great nation founded on the principles of strict equality forbidding all monopolies aristocracies privileged classes by its very constitution and now by god's wonderful providence this nation has been brought and forced as it were to overturn and abolish the only aristocratic institution that interfered with its free development does not this look as if a mightier power than ours were working in and for us supplementing our weakness and infirmity and if we believe that man is always ready to drop everything and let it run back to evil shall we not have faith that god will not drop the noble work he has so evidently taken in hand in this nation and i want to know said jenny why your illustrations of selfishness are all drawn from the female sex why do you speak of girls that marry for money any more than men of mistresses of families that want to be free from household duties and responsibilities rather than of masters my charming young lady said theophilus it is a fact that in america except the slaveholders women have hitherto been the only aristocracy women have been the privileged class the only one to which our rough democracy has always and everywhere given the precedence and consequently the vices of aristocrats are more developed in them as a class than among men the leading principles of aristocracy which is to take pay without work to live on the toils and earnings of others is one which obtains more generally among women than among men in this country the men of our country as a general thing even in our uppermost classes always propose to themselves some work or business by which they may acquire a fortune or enlarge that already made for them by their fathers the women of the same class propose to themselves nothing but to live at their ease on the money made for them by the labors of fathers and husbands as a consequence they become enervated and indolent averse to any bracing wholesome effort either mental or physical the unavoidable responsibilities and cares of a family instead of being viewed by them in the light of a noble life work in which they do their part in the general labors of the world seem to them so many injuries and wrongs they seek to turn them upon servants and find servants unwilling to take them and so selfish are they that i have heard more than one lady declare that she didn't care if it was unjust she should like to have slaves rather than be plagued with servants who had so much liberty 
all the novels poetry and light literature of the world which form the general staple of female reading are based upon aristocratic institutions and impregnated with aristocratic ideas and women among us are constantly aspiring to foreign and aristocratic modes of life rather than to those of native republican simplicity how many women are there think you that would not go in for aristocracy and aristocratic prerogatives if they were only sure that they themselves should be of the privileged class to be my lady duchess and to have a right by that simple title to the prostrate deference of all the lower orders how many would have firmness to vote against such an establishment merely because it was bad for society tell the fair mrs feathercap in order that you may be a duchess and have everything a paradise of elegance and luxury around you and your children a hundred poor families must have no chance for anything better than black bread and muddy water all their lives a hundred poor men must work all their lives on such wages that a fortnight's sickness will send their families to the almshouse and that no amount of honesty and forethought can lay up any provision for old age come now sir said jenny don't tell me that there are any girls or women so mean and selfish as to want aristocracy or rank so purchased you are too bad mr theophilus perhaps they might not were it stated in just these terms yet i think if the question of the establishment of an order of aristocracy among us were put to vote we should find more women than men who would go for it and they would flout at the consequences to society with a lively wit and a musical laugh which makes feminine selfishness so genteel and agreeable no it is a fact that in america the women in the wealthy classes are like the noblemen of aristocracies and the men are the workers and in all this outcry that has been raised about women's wages being inferior to those of the men there is one thing overlooked and that is that women's work is generally inferior to that of men because in every rank they are the pets of society and are excused from the laborious drill and training by which men are fitted for their callings our fair friends come in generally by some royal road to knowledge which saves them the dire necessity of real work a sort of feminine hop skip and jump into science or mechanical skill nothing like the uncompromising hard labor to which the boy is put who would be a mechanic or a farmer a lawyer or a physician i admit freely that we men are to blame for most of the faults of our fair nobility there is plenty of heroism abundance of energy and love of noble endeavor lying dormant in these sheltered and petted daughters of the better classes but we keep it down and smother it fathers and brothers think it discreditable to themselves not to give their daughters and sisters the means of a living in idleness and any adventurous fair one who seeks to end the ennui of utter aimlessness by applying herself to some occupation whereby she may earn her own living infallibly draws down on her the comments of her whole circle keeping school is she isn't her father rich enough to support her what could possess her i am glad my dear sir oracle that you are beginning to recollect yourself and temper your severities on our sex said my wife as usual there is much truth lying about loosely in the vicinity of your assertions 
but they are as far from being in themselves the truth as would be the exact opposites the class of american women who travel live abroad and represent our country to the foreign eye have acquired the reputation of being sybarites in luxury and extravagance and there is much in the modes of life that are creeping into our richer circles to justify this miss murray ex-maid of honour to the queen of england among other impressions which she received from an extended tour through our country states it as her conviction that young american girls of the better classes are less helpful in nursing the sick and in the general duties of family life than the daughters of the aristocracy of england and i am inclined to believe it because even the queen has taken special pains to cultivate habits of energy and self-helpfulness in her children one of the toys of the princess royal was said to be a cottage of her own furnished with every accommodation for cooking and housekeeping where she from time to time enacted the part of the housekeeper making bread and biscuit boiling potatoes which she herself had gathered from her own garden patch and inviting her royal parents to meals of her own preparing and reports say that the dignitaries of the german court have been horrified at the energetic determination of the young royal housekeeper to overlook her own linen closets and attend to her own affairs but as an offset to what i have been saying it must be admitted that america is a country where a young woman can be self-supporting without forfeiting her place in society all our new england and western towns show us female teachers who are as well received and as much caressed in society and as often contract advantageous marriages as any women whatever and the productive labor of american women in various arts trades and callings would be found i think not inferior to that of any women in the world furthermore the history of the late war has shown them capable of every form of heroic endeavor we have had hundreds of florence nightingales and an amount of real hard work has been done by female hands not inferior to that performed by men in the camp and field and enough to make sure that american womanhood is not yet so enervated as seriously to interfere with the prospects of free republican society i wonder said jenny what it is in our country that spoils the working classes that come into it they say that the immigrants as they land here are often simple-hearted people willing to work accustomed to early hours and plain living decorous and respectful in their manners it would seem as if aristocratic drilling had done them good in a few months they become brawling impertinent grasping want high wages and are very unwilling to work i went to several intelligence offices the other day to look for a girl for marianne and i thought by the way the candidates catechized the ladies and the airs they took upon them that they considered themselves the future mistresses interrogating their subordinates does ye expect me to do the washing with the cooking yes then i'll never go to that place and does ye expect me to get the early breakfast for your husband to be off in the train every morning yes i never does that that ought to be a second girl's work how many servants does you keep ma'am two i never lives with people that keeps but two servants how many has ye in your family seven that's too large a family has ye much company yes we have company occasionally then i can't come to you it'll be too hard a place 
in fact the thing they were all in quest of seemed to be a very small family with very high wages and many prerequisites and privileges this is the kind of work people our manners and institutions make of people that come over here i remember one day seeing a coachman touch his cap to a mistress when she spoke to him as is the way in europe and hearing one or two others saying among themselves that chap's a greenie he'll get over that soon all these things show said i that the staff of power has passed from the hands of gentility into those of labor we may think the working classes somewhat unseemly in their assertion of self-importance but after all are they considering their inferior advantages of breeding any more overbearing and impertinent than the upper classes have always been to them in all ages and countries when biddy looks long hedges in her work with many conditions and is careful to get the most she can for the least labor is she after all doing any more than you or i or all the rest of the world i myself will not write articles for five dollars a page when there are those who will give me fifteen i would not do double duty as an editor on a salary of seven thousand when i could get ten thousand for less work biddy and her mistress are two human beings with the same human wants both want to escape trouble to make their life comfortable and easy with the least outlay of expense biddy's capital is her muscles and sinews and she wants to get as many greenbacks in exchange for them as her wit and shrewdness will enable her to do you feel when you bargain with her that she is nothing to you except so far as her strength and knowledge may save you care and trouble and she feels that you are nothing to her except so far as she can get your money for her work the free and easy airs of those seeking employment show one thing that the country in general is prosperous and that openings for profitable employment are so numerous that it is not thought necessary to try to conciliate favor if the community were at starvation point and the loss of a situation brought fear of the almshouse the laboring class would be more subservient as it is there is a little spice of the bitterness of a past age of servitude in their present attitude a bristling self-defensive impertinence which will gradually smooth away as society learns to accommodate itself to the new order of things well but papa said jenny don't you think all this a very severe test if applied to us women particularly more than to the men mr theophilus seems to think women are aristocrats and go for enslaving the lower classes out of mere selfishness but i say that we are a great deal more strongly tempted than men because all these annoyances and trials of domestic life come upon us it is very insidious the aristocratic argument as it appeals to us there seems much to be said in its favor it does appear to me that it is better to have servants and work people tidy industrious respectful and decorous as they are in europe than domineering impertinent and negligent as they are here and it seems that there is something in our institutions that produces these disagreeable traits and i presume that the negroes will eventually be travelling the same road as the irish and from the same influences when people see all these things and feel all the inconveniences of them i don't wonder that they are tempted not to like democracy and to feel as if aristocratic institutions made a more agreeable state of society 
it is not such a blank bald downright piece of brutal selfishness as mr theophilus there seems to suppose for us to wish there were some quiet submissive laborious lower class who would be content to work for kind treatment and moderate wages but my little dear said i the matter's not left to our choice wish it or not wish it it's what we evidently can't have the day for that thing is past the power is passing out of the hands of the cultivated few into those of the strong laborious many numbers is the king of our era and he will reign over us whether we hear or whether we will forbear the sires for an obedient lower class and the mourners for slavery may get ready their crape and have their pocket handkerchiefs bordered with black for they have much weeping to do and for many years to come the good old feudal times when two-thirds of the population thought themselves born only for the honor glory and profit of the other third are gone with all their beautiful devotions all their trappings of song and story in the land where such institutions were most deeply rooted and most firmly established they assailed every day by hard hands and stout hearts and their position resembles that of some of the picturesque ruins of italy which are constantly being torn away to build prosaic modern shops and houses this great democratic movement is coming down into modern society with a march as irresistible as the glacier moves down from the mountains its front is in america and behind are england france italy prussia and the mohammedan countries in all the rights of the laboring masses are a living force bearing slowly and inevitably all before it our war has been a marshalling of its armies commanded by a hard-handed inspired man of the working class an intelligent american recently resident in egypt says it was affecting to notice the interest with which the working classes there were looking upon our late struggle in america and the earnestness of their wishes for the triumph of the union it is our cause it is for us they said as said the cotton spinners of england and the silk weavers of lyons the forces of this mighty movement are still directed by a man from the lower orders the sworn foe of exclusive privileges and landed aristocracies if andy johnson is consistent with himself with the principles which raised him from a tailor's bench to the head of a mighty nation he will see to it that the work that lincoln began is so thoroughly done that every man and every woman in america of whatever race or complexion shall have exactly equal rights before the law and be free to rise or fall according to their individual intelligence industry and moral worth so long as everything is not strictly in accordance with our principles of democracy so long as there is in any part of the country an aristocratic upper class who despise labor and a laboring lower class that is denied equal political rights so long this grinding and discord between the two will never cease in america it will make trouble not only in the south but in the north trouble between all employers and employed trouble in every branch and department of labor trouble in every parlor and every kitchen what is it that has driven every american woman out of domestic service when domestic service is full and well paid is easier healthier and in many cases far more agreeable than shop and factory work 
it is more than anything else the influence of slavery in the south its insensible influence on the minds of mistresses giving them false ideas of what ought to be the position and treatment of a female citizen in domestic service in its very marked influence on the minds of freedom-loving americans causing them to choose any position rather than one which is regarded as assimilating them to slaves it is difficult to say what are the very worst results of a system so altogether bad as that of slavery but one of the worst is certainly the utter contempt it brings on useful labor and the consequent utter physical and moral degradation of a large body of the whites and this contempt of useful labor has been constantly spreading like an infection from the southern to the northern states particularly among women who as our friend here has truly said are by our worship and exaltation of them made peculiarly liable to take the malaria of aristocratic society let anybody observe the conversation in good society for an hour or two and hear the tone in which servant girls seamstresses mechanics and all who work for their living are sometimes mentioned he will see that while every one of the speakers professes to regard useful labor as respectable she is yet deeply imbued with the leaven of aristocratic ideas in the south the contempt for labor bred of slavery has so permeated society that we see great coarse vulgar lazaroni lying about in rags and vermin and dependent on government rations maintaining as their only source of self-respect that they never had done and never will do a stroke of useful work in all their lives in the north there are i believe no men who would make such a boast but i think there are many women beautiful fascinating lazaroni of the parlor and boudoir who make their boast of elegant helplessness and utter incompetence for any of woman's duties with equal naivete the spartans made their slaves drunk to teach their children the evils of intoxication and it seems to be the policy of a large class in the south now to keep down and degrade the only working class they have for the sake of teaching their children to despise work we of the north who know the dignity of labor who know the value of free and equal institutions who have enjoyed advantages for seeing their operation ought in true brotherliness to exercise the power given us by the present position of the people of the southern states and put things thoroughly right for them well knowing that though they may not like it at the moment they will like it in the end and that it will bring them peace plenty and settled prosperity such as they have long envied here in the north it is no kindness to an invalid brother half recovered from delirium to leave him a knife to cut his throat with should he be so disposed we should rather appeal from philip drunk to philip sober and do real kindness trusting to the future for our meed of gratitude giving equal political rights to all the inhabitants of the southern states will be their shortest way to quiet and to wealth it will avert what is else almost certain a war of races since all experience shows that the ballot introduces the very politest relations between the higher and lower classes if the right be restricted let it be by requirements of property and education applying to all the population equally meanwhile we citizens and citizenesses of the north should remember that reconstruction means something more than setting things right in the southern states 
we have saved our government and institutions but we have paid a fearful price for their salvation and we ought to prove now that they are worth the price the empty chair never to be filled the light gone out on its candlestick never on earth to be rekindled gallant souls that have exhaled to heaven in slow torture and starvation the precious blood that has drenched a hundred battlefields all call to us with warning voices to tell us not to let such sacrifices be in vain they call on us by our clear understanding of the great principles of democratic equality for which our martyred brethren suffered and died to show to all the world that their death was no mean and useless waste but a glorious investment for the future of mankind this war these sufferings these sacrifices ought to make every american man and woman look upon himself and herself as belonging to a royal priesthood a peculiar people the blood of our slain ought to be a gulf wide and deep as the atlantic dividing us from the opinions and practices of countries whose government and society are founded on other and antagonistic ideas democratic republicanism has never yet been perfectly worked out either in this or any other country it is a splendid edifice half-built deformed by rude scaffolding noisy with the clink of trowels blinding the eyes with the dust of lime and endangering our heads with falling brick we make our way over heaps of shavings and lumber to view the stately apartments we endanger our necks in climbing ladders standing in the place of future staircases but let us not for all this cry out that the old rat-holed mansions of former ages with their mould and moss and cockroaches are better than this new palace there is no lime dust no clink of trowels no rough scaffolding there to be sure and life goes on very quietly but there is the foul air of slow and sure decay republican institutions in america are in a transition state they have not yet separated themselves from foreign and antagonistic ideas and traditions derived from old countries and the labors necessary for upbuilding of society are not yet so adjusted that there is mutual pleasure and comfort in the relations of employer and employed we still incline to class distinctions and aristocracies we incline to the scheme of dividing the world's work into two orders first physical labor which is held to be rude and vulgar and the province of the lower class and second brain labor held to be refined and aristocratic and the province of the higher class meanwhile the creator who is the greatest of levelers has given to every human being both a physical system needing to be kept in order by physical labor and an intellectual or brain power needing to be kept in order by brain labor work use employment is the condition of health in both and he who works either to the neglect of the other lives but a half-life and is an imperfect human being the aristocracies of the old world claim that their only labor should be that of the brain and they keep their physical system in order by violent exercise which is made genteel from the fact only that it is not useful or productive it would be losing caste to refresh the muscles by handling the plough or the axe 
and so foxes and hares must be kept to be hunted and whole counties turned into preserves in order that the nobility and gentry may have physical exercise in a way befitting their station that is to say in a way that produces nothing and does good only to themselves the model republican uses his brain for the highest purposes of brain work and his muscles in productive physical labor the useful labor he respects above that which is merely agreeable when this equal respect for physical and mental labor shall have taken possession of every american citizen there will be no so-called laboring class there will no more be a class all muscle without brain power to guide it and a class all brain without muscular power to execute the labors of society will be lighter because each individual will take his part in them they will be performed better because no one will be overburdened in those days miss jenny it will be an easier matter to keep house because housework being no longer regarded as degrading drudgery you will find a superior class of women ready to engage in it every young girl and woman who in her sphere and by her example shows that she is not ashamed of domestic labor and that she considers the necessary work and duties of family life as dignified and important is helping to bring on this good day louis philippe once jestingly remarked i have this qualification for being a king in these days that i have blacked my own boots and could black them again every american ought to cultivate as his pride and birthright the habit of self-helpfulness our command of the labors of good employees in any department is liable to such interruptions that he who has blacked his own boots and can do it again is on the whole likely to secure the most comfort in life as to that which mr ruskin pronounces to be a deep irredeemable ulcer in society namely domestic service we hold that the last workings of pure democracy will cleanse and heal it when right ideas are sufficiently spread when everybody is self-helpful and capable of being self-supporting when there is a fair start for every human being in the race of life and all its prizes are without respect of persons to be obtained by the best runner when every kind of useful labor is thoroughly respected then there will be a clear just wholesome basis of intercourse on which employers and employed can move without wrangling or discord renouncing all claims to superiority on the one hand and all thought of servility on the other service can be rendered by fair contracts and agreements with that mutual respect and benevolence which every human being owes to every other but for this transition period which is wearing out the life of so many women and making so many households uncomfortable i have some alleviating suggestions which i shall give in my next chapter end of chapter three part two a family talk on reconstruction